Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, good to see everyone today. I'm so glad you're here. You made it. 11 o'clock, Centerpoint Church. If you're new, my name's John. I'm lead pastor here. I'm glad you came. And uh, this is the fifth week of a series called Alive. And uh, we're, we're, we're having a hoedown, apparently. That's what that music said. Anyway, uh, I want you to get your, your Bible ready. We're going to start... Uh, we're going to start in, in the book of Ephesians, and then we're going to move over to Galatians. If you like to get the Bible ready for the, the plan, that's what we're going to do, Ephesians and then Galatians. Uh, so I want you to get your, get your head engaged for a moment and your heart engaged for a moment. What we are doing together, where we're going together as a congregation is that we are growing strong disciples, and we are flowing in the Spirit, and we're sowing into our world. And if you're a part of Centerpoint, that's kind of... What our picture is, what our vision is moving forward. Would you just say this with me? Say, I'm, I'm growing as a disciple. I'm flowing in the Spirit. I'm sowing into this world. That's what we're working on together. That's what we're developing. That's what we're cultivating. That's what we're believing God for. And by the way, I just want to say this. Uh, part of the vision, sowing, includes sowing by the planting of new churches. And I want to ask you to join me in just praying for that. I'm not sure how we're going to get there quite yet. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like. But I know it's going to look like a bunch of us at some point stepping up and saying, somehow, I'm meant to be a part of that. And what I'm praying for and believing God for is that in the next seven years, we'd be able to start seven new churches. I don't know. I was reading the book of Revelation, something about seven churches, <laughs> but not like those ones. <laughs> But I hope that you would uh, maybe be praying about that. And, and actually, let me just put it out there. If you've been sensing a stirring in your spirit, like, I think I'm supposed to be a part of that, let it be known. You can stop by the blue tables and say, hey, I, I want to be on the list. I want to be a part of that when the time comes. And maybe for somebody, it's actually part of God's destiny for your life that at one point, you're going to be the one launching one of those churches. I don't know, but you better talk to me if that's you. <laughs> so this past, uh, this past week, I was... Um, I was going to get the mail, and we have one of those things where the, the mailbox is down the street and around the corner, kind of a community mailbox with a bunch of them, and, and uh, you know, I could, I could walk there, I guess, but I'm a little lazy sometimes, so I take the scooter. We have an electric scooter. Anybody relate? Like, I just, I look forward to getting the mail, because it's my chance to get on that scooter. I get a little shopping bag and hold it over the handlebar and zip down the neighborhood, and so I was going to just get the mail. I, I got the scooter out. I I set it all up, and I just kicked it off, hit that little throttle, and it zipped, and I'm going down the driveway, and I just got to turn and zip up that way, and, and as soon as I turned, that was the sound of, of me hitting the ground and rolling across the street. That was what that was, and, 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 and it was like one of these moments where as soon as I turned, I could feel what was happening, and it was like slow motion, like, I'm too old for this. Anybody relate? And I'm rolling across, scraping up my knees, scraping up my hands. And, and then I had to figure out what in the world happened. I mean, I've done this little trek a hundred times. Like, that doesn't happen to me. I, I know how to ride a scooter. And, and I looked, and what had happened was the front tire was flat. You know, that, that front tire is just like a bike tire. It's supposed to be uh, filled with air. And the, the fact was it was not filled. And because it wasn't filled, I got into trouble. <laughs> got hurt. And I want to talk to you today about the reality that God 
wants for you to be filled. Because if you're not, you could end up taking a tumble. It could get dangerous. But when you are, the good stuff happens. You get to zip where you want to go and where you're meant to go. Get the mail. Anyway, I want to talk to you about being filled. And and I want to take you to the scriptures, first of all, in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5. And I want you to take to heart God's picture of what he desires for you. And I, I want you to just kind of prepare your heart for a second and say, God, I know you got something for me. Just say it. God, I know you've got something for me. God, I know you've got something for me. Father, I pray for every single one of my brothers and sisters and friends who are gathered today in this moment. God, I know you've got something for each of us. And would you speak to us now by the power of your spirit through your word in Jesus' name. And somebody shout amen. 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 Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads only to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, making, uh, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing, make music from your heart to the Lord. Let me dial back to verse 18. It said, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Why don't you read that with me? Ready? Go. Read it. Go. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads only to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I love how God's Word sometimes is just blunt with us. And, and, and it says, do not get drunk on wine. It only, it only leads to debauchery. And, and it's like God is, is speaking to you as a father who knows the deal. He knows what's going on. He knows the kind of stuff we get ourselves into. And so his word is clear to us. And, and his word is, don't get drunk on wine. It just doesn't go anywhere good. Some of us can attest to that, right? And... and This isn't some rant against alcohol. This is God as a father who loves his kids saying, I want good things for you. And and let me help you get there. Let me help you understand what you really need. It's like as though God is saying, you do have a craving. You do feel sometimes that sense of gnawing emptiness inside. You do have something that's just yearning for more. And what ends up happening is you go to those things that are just kind of familiar to you, what you know. And so you, you, you go to, yeah, maybe for somebody it literally is wine or white claw or weed or whatever other W word right? that, that isn't the exact awesome thing for you. But God is in a sense saying, yes, there are things that are familiar to you that you go to to, to kind of sit, try to satiate that gnawing desire that you have inside, but it isn't going to do you right it's going to let you down, the debauchery, and that, you know, that stands for a lot of troubles, but God is saying, I have a solution for you, and it's me. It's the living God, the Father of all creation saying to you, I want so much good for you. And I know you have a familiar thing, and I would even say it's a familiar spirit. You, you go in that direction, but there's something so much more satisfying for you. It's my very presence, my spirit. And so God's word is to you, do not get drunk on wine, which only leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Put that back up, and let's say it together one more time. Ready? Go. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads only to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Would you just shout that phrase, be filled with the Spirit? Uh, this is one of the things that I am so excited to, to teach. And we're in this series called, series called Alive, and we want to understand what it means to, to be fully alive with spiritual vitality. 
And what I'm teaching today is one of the most pivotal and essential aspects of true spiritual vitality. And it's to be able to, to receive the filling of the Spirit and to follow the leading of the Spirit. That is what you are made for. That is what will lead to satisfaction in your life. And that is what will lead to the pleasure of your heavenly Father spilling over into good things in your life. And so my message today, in a nutshell, is just this. Receive the filling of the Spirit and follow the leading of the Spirit. And and I want you to say it with me as a declaration, just to say it out loud and make a declaration of it. Ready? Go. I receive the Spirit's filling and I follow the Spirit's leading. That is a resolve that I hope you'll embrace. I mean, I I just had you read it, but it's one thing to read something off the screen. It's another thing to internalize it and say, this is how I want to gear my life to live this way. And I'm hoping that uh, by the end of this message, you, you will determine that is what I want. I want that because you'll understand how good it is. So let me rewind the tape a little bit. Uh, how many of you would say, I have put my trust in Jesus, and, and I belong to Christ? I, I, I want you to just raise your hand if that's true about you. A whole bunch of us, right? And, and what I want to remind you of is that when you said yes to Jesus, however it happened, uh, maybe it was alone in a moment where the lights just came on and you, you turned back to him, or you gave your life to him, or maybe it was in a church service or with a friend, but somehow the pieces got put together. You knew, I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. I want the hope of heaven. I want to be right with God, all of that. And you said, Jesus, something, 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 you know? And maybe you had all the theology just right, and, or maybe it was just, Jesus, I need you. And in his grace, he heard your heart, and he came and applied his forgiving mercy to you. And you were forgiven. All your sins forgiven. All of your sins forgiven. And in that moment, what he did was he took you and made you brand new. We call that being born again. Jesus calls it being born again. I know I'm grateful I was born again. I'm grateful to know that I am a new creation. And my hope is that more and more I would live like it. Anybody with me on that? I know that it's true that the old is gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation. But I don't always live like it. And I want to. And what I'm going to teach today is God's wisdom for how you're going to get there. The moment that you first believed in Jesus, the moment it happened, however it happened, you were forgiven and then God gave you his Holy Spirit. He gave you his Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians 1.13 that you were marked in him, in Jesus, with a seal when you believed. A seal, an emblem A signifier. You were marked in him with a seal when you believed. It was the promised Holy Spirit. That's what God says about you. But a seal is different than an ongoing and complete reality. I'll put it like this. When the scripture says you were marked in him with a seal, the word that's used there for a seal, uh, it it, it would be used for something like a, a wax impression that would close an envelope. It would also be used, that same word, for for a ring, like a wedding ring or an engagement ring. And it means something, doesn't it? You could picture it this way, a ring. For example, I was uh, with a couple yesterday on their wedding day, and I got to lead them in saying their vows to each other, and then I got to lead them in, in making that promise where they give the ring to each other. But before they put their rings on, I stopped them and I said, hey, I want you to know something. These rings mean something. This ring 
it means that she's a treasure to you, that he's a, a treasure to you, but also it means to the rest of the world, you're taken. And this world says to everybody else, you belong to him and you belong to her. And they were nodding and smiling because it's their wedding day. Of course it means that, right? But how many know that marriage, yes, putting that ring on means they're married. And it does speak that, that word of, I belong to somebody. But how many of you know that, that marriage goes far beyond the moment of the putting on of the ring? That the seal is wonderful to have, but there's much more to marriage than just having the seal. Come on, married people, somebody say amen. <laughs> like, I'm certainly glad that that couple got to have a honeymoon, and I hope that they're enjoying all the other things beyond the ring. You can say amen. It's all right. It's all right. And in a sense, when the scripture says, when you first believed, you were marked in him with a seal, it's something similar. And I believe that God wants for you to be able to continue to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When the scripture says, be filled with the Spirit, I want you to know, somebody, you need to hear this today. It is the solution. It is the solution. You need to be filled with the Spirit. I'm so glad that when you believed in Jesus, you were marked in him with the seal, but you need to be filled with the Spirit. Yes, filled. And for somebody, here's what I mean. At the end of the service, you need to come up to the front over here and let our prayer team lay hands on you and pray that you would be filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, and watch what God's going to do to change your life when that happens. You need this. I'm talking to somebody right now, you're struggling with an addiction, and that's because you're filling some need that you have with something other than the power and presence of Holy Spirit, and that can change. You can be filled with the Spirit, and you can be set free. Come to the front, let somebody pray that you would be filled with the Spirit. You, you need this more than you know. Believer, believer, your faith is growing stale. You're growing tired, and you're going, what is this all about even anyway? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Somebody here, you might say, yeah, well, doesn't I, wasn't I filled with the Spirit when I first believed? No, you were marked in him with a seal when you first believed. And there's much more that you get to experience with Holy Spirit now. In fact, the words that are spoken here, it, it says in the Greek of the original writing of the text of the scripture, it says, pleruste pneumati, which literally you could also translate, keep on being filled with the Spirit. It was never meant to be a once and done thing. Like, oh, I went to a meeting 20 years ago and somebody laid hands on me and I went, ha, 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 and, that, and so I'm good, I'm done, right? No, there's much more. There's much more. And for somebody, maybe it's time for some, ha, 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 again. Yes, I'm serious about this. I know it might sound strange to you, but, but, but it's also strange to see somebody caught up in the clutches of addiction or fear or whatever else when God says, I want you free. So we're going to turn to Galatians now. And the book of Galatians is about freedom. In fact, when you read the book of Galatians, in a sense, broad brushstrokes, it's saying you should honor the Old Testament and the Old Covenant for its value and what it communicates to you about the heart of God, but you are free from needing to live under that law. And then you get to Galatians chapter 5, and it's like the high watermark of how that freedom is meant to be lived. And here's what it says, Galatians 5 verse 13, it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 
For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But, but, what's the word? If. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Could you just say if? If is a significant word in this passage. And what if reveals is that it is not a foregone conclusion that you will always experience being led by the Spirit. I need you to be aware of that. Ha, ask me how I know it's possible for a Christian to not always be led by the Spirit. That if is important. And, and that if, it, it signifies freedom. And in a healthy relationship, you are free. In a healthy relationship, you're not in bondage where you are controlled and have to. You are given latitude and freedom. And in your relationship with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, you are free. You're free to, to come close and stay close. You're also free to detach and walk away and walk further away and grow distant. And it's, you are free to choose that. And, and I want to today call you to spiritual attention, somebody, because you, somebody, you've been doing exactly what I just described. And you're kind of wandering over here, wondering, you know, wondering what all this shady feeling is all about. Well, it's about the fact you've walked away from the one who is the light. And there is an if. And in the if, you have freedom. But I want to urge you today to in that freedom to come close again. And it is the desire of God that you would walk closely. That you would experience the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that it would allow you to overcome the desires of the flesh. Yes. Come on, everybody say, desires of the flesh. Of the flesh. Uh, you know, those words, as you say them that way, it sounds kind of religious and uh, old school uh, sounding. And I just want to kind of break it down a little in a way that might make a little bit more sense to some of us if we're not familiar with that language. You, you were given, when you were born again, you were given a, a redeemed spirit. Your spirit was made brand new. And your spirit, when you were born again, made brand new, resides in you. And that soul, there is a distinction, spirit and soul, that soul, it, 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 it doesn't necessarily have all of the wiring of the new. And so there's this experience that we have because of that prophetic tension that we have been made new and our new spirit our redeemed spirit within us, our regenerated, born-again spirit has lots of good want-tos. But then that, that old part of us has a bunch of other kinds of want-tos. Somebody know what I'm talking about? So let's get a little further. So my redeemed spirit, the born-again spirit in me has holy, awesome, good, God-honoring want-tos. Like, I want to love God. I want to serve people. I want to help those who are in need. I want to show up where there's something I can do that would be a benefit. I want to encourage people. I want to be faithful to my wife. I want to uh, create opportunities for people to grow. I, I want to, and fill in the blanks, and they're holy and awesome. None of those things I just described sounded like they could do anything damage. They would only add to good, right? Right? 
Right. And those holy want-tos are, are, are part of the new nature. And yet, there's also these other want-tos, the shadow side want-tos. I, I want to I just get trashed this weekend, and I really don't care. I want to just kind of fudge the numbers on this contract, and they won't know, but I'll get more. Yeah. I want to just get with that other person who isn't my spouse. And on and on it goes. You, you know what I'm talking about? Those other want-tos? I know, I know. There are some believers that would say, oh, no, 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 that doesn't exist anymore. Blah, 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 blah. It doesn't exist anymore. Except the problem is I've never met the believer who doesn't also still have those old want-tos. I, what I have met is a believer who has learned how to, by following the leading of the Spirit, not respond to those want-tos or follow them. And this is what I'm after in my life, is I want to stay close with the Spirit of God. I want to experience more of the leading of the Holy Spirit because I love the Lord my God and I want to live into the want-tos that He has given that are for good and that don't lead to damage and that lead to life. I want that. And I want to not fall into the pit of the other want-tos that end up messing up my life and other people's lives. And the way we do that is through receiving the Spirit's filling and following the Spirit's leading. So my message again, I'll say it one more time, I receive the Spirit's filling and I follow the Spirit's leading. Why don't you say it with me? Ready? Say it. I receive the Spirit's filling and I follow the Spirit's leading. I'm going to say it again. I receive the Spirit's filling, and I follow the Spirit's leading. Sometimes we need, to do, uh, we need to do like David and say, this is who I am. This is the kind of person I am. And so in this moment, I receive the Spirit's filling. I'm feeling empty, and that emptiness is stirring up a craving inside of me, and that craving inside of me wants something to satisfy it. I receive the Spirit's filling. He will satisfy me, and it won't leave any slime. I receive the Spirit's filling, and I follow the Spirit's leading. It's possible. It's possible for you to, in, in, in any given moment, right where the stuff and the tug of war is beginning to happen, for you to have a moment like I just described. And it may not need to happen on a Sunday morning at a church service, but it may really need to happen on a Tuesday night at 9.30 when you're hangry and you're messed up inside because of whatever happened with them. And that's the moment you need what I just described. And I'm praying that you will internalize what I'm sharing in this message today so that you'll live the way you get to live as a believer. Do you know that the, the tagline of the modern Satanist movement, <laughs> this is from Aleister Crowley back in the day, but uh, it currently printed on sweatshirts and hoodies is this phrase, do what thou wilt. And it's outright satanic. Just do whatever you feel like doing. Just do whatever your flesh wants you to do. And it's a bunch of trash. When you actually do that, you follow what the scriptures that we just read describe as the desires of the flesh, it will lead to destruction. Beyond the momentary pleasure, it will lead to, to, to harm, to decay, to, to damage, and it's important to recognize it. Galatians 5.19, I keep reading, it says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, 
idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, you know, all the kind of stuff that you hope your family would enjoy. Right? <laughs> Not exactly. Factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Just in case yours didn't make the list, and the like kind of covers that too. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who what? Those who live like this. Those who live like this. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been given a new identity, and your identity is now founded in Christ. You exist first and foremost as a beloved son or daughter of the Most High God in Christ, a follower of Jesus, a Christian, first and foremost, and everything else comes secondary. And your task in life is to wake up every day and say, that's who I am. Whoever I used to be, that's not my identity. Whatever my desires were in my flesh, that's not my identity. This is who I am. I'm a beloved son or daughter of the Most High God. And in Christ, I'm free and forgiven. I'm free from all of that old junk. I am free and alive in Christ. That's my identity. And, and if you place your identity there, you will live in a fluidity of the Holy Spirit through your life, which will cause you to experience the lifting power of the hope and joy and comfort and power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what you're made for. And, and if you live like this, that is, you say, nah, I'm going to be all about that. Yes. That's debauchery stuff. That's who I am debouched. I identify as debouched, right? Like, like then, then you're, you're, you're misplacing your identity. You're saying, doing what my flesh wanted to do is more important to me than what God has done for me in allowing that stuff to be crucified. And you will exchange your God-given identity where you identify as a son or daughter of God for placing your identity in things that God has said by his standard and measurement are inappropriate for you. You and I are living in a time where it's easier than ever to just say, all that stuff on that list, I'm all about that. Party! You know? But if you're actually going to follow Jesus, you, you will need to reconcile with what he has said in his word. He's called you to something better He's called you to something more beautiful, more powerful, more lasting, more profound, more rich. And you can live at the basest level of human existence where it's nothing but I'll do what I wilt, responding to every basest animalistic pleasure-seeking drive I have. You could do that or you could live higher, live better, live fuller, live freer. And that's what God's calling you to. I'll put it like this. Paint a picture. So imagine for a moment a lake, a nice, a nice large lake and some kind of grassy banks on the side of the lake. And over here, there's a little bit of moss growing because it's a lake in Florida. And it's kind of hot. And, and, and there's, uh, you know, there's some signs, little signs along the thing. It's like warning, like alligators. And, and imagine there's a guy walking along the side of the, of the lake. And uh, he knows about those signs, but he sees this flower growing a little bit into the water, and he just decides, like, I 
I got I to gotta get that flower. <laughs> I just got to lay my hands on that flower. And he kind of dips into the water, ankle deep. He reaches down. He's about to grab the flower. He lays his hands on the flower. And then he sees it coming towards him, these little eyes, these little eyes coming through. And, and he lets go of the flower, and he jumps away. And he, and he gets safely away from, from the alligator because it's Florida, and there's alligators in that water. You, you would look at that guy and go, you know, I can totally relate, Right? I mean, maybe not for that particular flower, but you can relate to what it's like. Yeah, I know the sign said not to, but I kind of want to anyway. Let me just, you, you can kind of relate, and you're probably glad for the guy that, that he finally came to his senses and got away. But it would be different altogether, wouldn't it? If that same guy, just instead of tiptoeing in, trying to grab the flower, just dove all the way into that water and just started swimming. I saw this headline in the news a couple of weeks, well, a couple of months ago, and I took a screenshot of it on my phone, and it just, it said, man dies searching for frisbees in Florida Lake amid alligator warnings. Take that down. That's terrible. You can take that down. Real quick, take it down. That's awful. It happened, though. It happened. And I'm thinking, what, ha- what in the world? Dude, was it worth it? Frisbees? Really? Frisbees? In that particular case, you know, compassion, dude's, you know, a drug addict, and he's going to collect the Frisbees and sell them for money. And I know people do whatever they need to sometimes when desperate times call for desperate measures, but still, just totally ignore the signs. I think that for some of us, we need to come back to a place where we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, because we've gotten ourselves into a bunch of mess with a bunch of alligators, because we've been thinking, that's okay, I'm going to just dabble a little, I'll just, you know, just a little, and... It's real. The the, the things that that come from the flesh end up bringing destruction, and God's calling us to live differently. Galatians 5.16 says it like this. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Would you read that with me? Ready? Go. Read it. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. One more time. Say it one more time. Go. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I love the grace of God. I love that His grace covers us when we mess things up. Aren't you grateful for the grace of God? I'm so grateful for the grace of God. But I'm also grateful that the grace of God, as the Scripture reveals, teaches us to say no to ungodliness. And I'm also grateful for the grace of God by which I get to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means that there's a way for me to walk away from the things that God's word says aren't right for me. Galatians 5.22, keep reading it with me. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Aren't you, don't you want more of that in your family? Don't you think the people that work with you would benefit if there were more of those kind of things coming through your life? Don't you think the people that that you serve in that one business would be happier if there was more of that kind of stuff coming through you? And I believe that God is speaking to somebody today and saying, and there's a way that that can happen. And it's through you keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And that is what comes next. Verse 24, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Again, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Can we just pause on that? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
this is the thing. From God's perspective, yes, from God's perspective, from all eternity, as he sees you, it's done. You have the Holy Spirit, and you live with the Holy Spirit. But from your experience, you may have some, some choices to make. And the choice to, to keep in step with the Spirit is one that you are free to make. But it might mean that you need to do, do some business. You might need to begin to say, I've been trying to get my needs met and my satisfaction from going over here and getting a little of this, and I need to back off from that. That might be a beautiful choice you could make. It might bring so much freedom and, and cleansing into your own spirit and into your family and into the legacy that you're leading for those who are watching you. And maybe now is the time to do it, to begin to say, all right, thank you, God, that there's mercy, there's freedom, but there's an opportunity for me to come back into step with the Holy Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Say it again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keeping in step is something that you learn to do. I think about it like this. When Ann and I first got married 21 years ago, uh, we, th there was this thing that started to happen once we were married and we were together all the time. Uh, we would go out like to the grocery store, or to the mall or wherever, and we'd start walking. And I'd be like, do, 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 do. And all of a sudden, I'd be like, where's my wife? I thought I was married. And then I would look, and she'd be way back there with this look on her face like, you know. Why? Because I was not keeping in step with her. And she would, you know, I would come back and she would look at and gesture to the length of my legs and then to the length of hers. And, you know, like, I had to learn how to walk differently so that I could stay in step with her. I needed to change my stride. And I think for somebody, what you need to know today is it's good that you have the hope of heaven. You've put your trust in Jesus and you've been forgiven and that's awesome. You have salvation, but what you need is an experience called sanctification and it's gonna come by you staying close with Holy Spirit, by you learning to adjust your stride and instead of walking and striding way over this way, you begin to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? Let me give you this as I'm wrapping up. This is something that you can put into practice this week and I will just simply call it a Holy Spirit pause. A Holy Spirit pause. Just say that phrase out loud with me. Say it. A Holy Spirit pause. And here's what it looks like. You're in the middle of a moment where you're about to make a choice, uh, and, and, and you're going to think about going to this or getting some of that, or whatever those types of things are, the, the shadow wants that really aren't from the redeemed, born-again spirit. And, and you pause. You just do a Holy Spirit pause. You're about, to, you're about to lean in the direction of one way or the other, make a choice, and you just simply pause, take a breath, and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And you will get a leading you will. He's faithful like that. It'll be a whisper. It'll be a light. It'll be a direction. It might even be a physical nudge for some of you. You're going to feel like bumped in a direction. Holy Spirit, what do you want? And then go with the leading of the Spirit. I receive the filling of the Spirit, and I follow the leading of the Spirit. You want spiritual vitality for real? You want to make sure you're not just playing games with church? then receive the filling of the Spirit and follow the leading of the Spirit. This will bring you to victory. This will bring you to satisfaction. This will bring you to the life you actually want deep down. So verse 25, or sorry, verse 24. I said, those 
who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is what I would call the prophetic tense. The prophetic tense. What I mean by that is there are times in the scriptures where God speaks about you from a prophetic vantage point, where from God's viewpoint, it's done. You have crucified the flesh with its desires. But a prophetic experience is marked by this. It's marked by a quality of, of, of containing both already and not quite yet. And so from God's perspective, I've already done it. I've crucified the flesh. But in my real-time experience, sometimes I don't know quite if it's all the way crucified. Am I the only one? Apparently. Thank you. And so I want to come back to a place where I'm going to be in step with Holy Spirit. That's what I'm made for. That's what you're made for. And every single day, God's word says that his mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is that great. So today's, today's the day where you grab hold of his new mercies and you reset to be somebody who is following the leading of the spirit. And you just say, that's who I want to be. I'm going to do that Holy Spirit pause thing more often, and I'm going to see where Holy Spirit's going to take me. It's going to be amazing, the places it's going to take you. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to change legacies. It's going to unlock destinies. You want this. And for someone else, the, the verse 24, it just said, if or since you belong to Christ, and that's an important phrase, belonging to Christ. One more time, let me just ask this question. Verse, verse 24 is, is on my mind. Those who belong to Christ. Do you belong to Christ? Would you say, yes, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I belong to Christ. Keep your hand up. Raise your hand. And just with, with your hand raised and your eyes even open, just say out loud, Thank you, Jesus, that I belong to you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that I belong to you. I've got a long way to go. I've got some things to learn. I want more of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But say it again. Thank you, Jesus, I belong to you. <sighs> Such relief. You can put your hand down. But there's a bunch of us probably who maybe we just don't know where we stand with God. And we're not quite sure whether we do belong to him or not. That question can be solved today. You, you could right in this moment say, Jesus, I give you my life. And then you will belong to him. It really does begin like that. I mean, we can add a lot of appropriate and helpful language to it. Like, I confess that I'm a sinner, and I believe that you rose from the dead, and I say you are Lord of my life. Yes, that, it would be great to say all the right words for the beginning, but it's just most important that there be a beginning of the relationship where you say, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to belong to you. Would you forgive me and save me? And I want to pray that for somebody that that would happen now, today, so that you can have a change of your eternal destiny. So why don't we pray together and just ask God to move in our hearts and our minds for his purposes. Pray with me. God, thank you for your spirit. Thank you that we get to live with the leading of your spirit. God, I do pray that for somebody right now would be a moment of spiritual awakening. I pray literally, God, it would be like the lights are coming on for somebody. And that for somebody in this very moment, uh, there would be a, a yearning so strong that we can't ignore it that says, I have to do this. I have to get right with God. And for somebody, while we're praying together, you, that's you. It's happening. Something is stirring inside of you. You can't even resist it. And you know, 
I want to be right with God. And I'm telling you, that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And so for somebody sitting here right now, maybe you're even joining me online, but you just would say, I want, I want to be right with God. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. If you want to do that today, say yes to Jesus. Right now, I want you to raise your hand with me. Just raise it really high and don't even wait. Just keep it up right here in the back. Keep it up for a moment. Thank you. If there's anyone else, I don't want to miss it. If this is your moment, way over here on my left, thank you. Excellent. Anybody else? Like, this is the moment to finally say, Jesus, I want to be right with you. Over on the right, I, I saw you. In the middle in my right, thank you. That's great. Right over here in the middle, I see you. Thank you. Right over here on my left, thank you, in the middle. Yeah. In the back, in the middle, thank you. So this moment is a moment for you now to say, Jesus, I give you my life. You want to belong to him? That's where it happens. Jesus, I give you my life. And you could just pray and say it with me. Jesus Christ, I give you my life. Say it with me. Jesus Christ, I give you my life. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe that you came into this world, Son of God, sent to save me. And you paid the price for my sin when you died on the cross. And Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. And Jesus, I believe that you, you beat death and you rose from the dead. Just say it to him. Jesus, I believe you're alive. So come into my life, Jesus. I'm yours from this moment on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I receive the gift of salvation right now. Just say it to him. I receive the gift of salvation right now. And those of you who just lifted your hand to pray, I want to confirm your faith. You have begun a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. From this moment on, you are a Christian. You're walking with Jesus Christ. You're going his way. You're learning his word. You're learning to walk with him. So I bless you who had just raised your hand to live this out, this faith in Jesus, all the way to the moment you are standing before the very presence of God in heaven, received there as his very own because you said, Jesus, I give you my life. He gave his life for you so that you could. Yeah. Church, isn't it amazing when there's a bunch of people saying yes to Jesus? Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet, everybody. Holy Spirit, if there's anything else that you want to do in this time, we want to receive everything you have for us. Yeah. Everything you have for us. In this moment, just kind of take, take, take a second to pray. We're at two, two minutes more to just say, Holy Spirit, what else? And just right where you're standing, Holy Spirit, what else do you have for us? And just ask him, Holy Spirit, what else do you have for us? While I'm praying, I see, I see this vision in the spirit of you, somebody in particular, like as a kid, and, and you're running out to like where there's all these sprinklers going, and you're running into the sprinklers, like a kid plays at the sprinklers, like out at the mall or whatever, and that's you, and you're just waiting for each drop of, of the sprinkler to to hit you, and you're full of joy, you're full of freedom, like all of the pressure is off, and all you care about is the sprinklers, and playing in the, in the splash of it all, <laughs> wow, that is a picture for somebody, maybe a bunch of us right now, of, of, a, of a kind of relief that God wants for you, let this be a moment where you take the pressure and the burden that you've been feeling, because you want to be like that little, that little one running into the sprinklers, don't you? Yeah, so take the burden 
And even imagine it like it's on your shoulders. And imagine, you could even touch your shoulders like I am right now. And imagine just pulling the burden off of yourself. You just pull it off. And then you just kind of throw it. (laughs) Somebody do that with me. A prophetic act is good for the soul sometimes. Like just take the burden. I know it's a little weird, but that's all right. Take that burden and just take it off of yourself and just throw it. And just say, I'm free. I'm free to receive the filling of the Spirit. I'm free to follow the leading of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else, you need to come up front at the end and let our prayer team lay hands on you so that you might be filled with the Spirit and receive the baptism of the Spirit. I want you to do that at the end. But in this moment, I want you to give him your praise. And right now, would you just shout, God, I give you glory with my life. God, I give you glory with my life. I give you glory with my life. Glory to you, God. Glory and honor, praise to you, God. Glory and honor and praise to you, God. Glory and honor and praise to you, God. Glory and honor and praise to you, God. Hey! Hallelujah! Come on, somebody shout, hallelujah! 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 Give him high. Would you just sing that out?